Your favorite thing to do on a day off? Binge watch television. Hello and welcome to Reba Watchables, your favorite Reba recap pod. Uh, the revolution has already been televised, as our devoted listeners know well. I am one of your co-hosts, Natalie Weiner. And I'm your other co-host, Johnny Opping. And we've got another great guest, uh, not in studio, even though he's in Dallas, because we are trying to beat the clock on potential tornadoes in Dallas uh, coming down on (laughs) us. Scary storms. But nonetheless, calling in, uh, sheltered at home, hopefully, is Zach Crane, editor at D Magazine, author of two terrific books with Deep Vellum Publishing. Uh, Zach, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. So, Zach, we we sort of started to get into this uh, (laughs) pre-pod, but what, what is your... You know, before coming on this podcast, what was your relationship with Reba like? The singer, the actress, you know, every... She does so much, so just take that where you want to go. <laughs> well, um, I don't know if you guys know, I grew up in a really small town in Central Texas, West, comma, Texas. Right. Uh, a big, you know, I mean, country is a gigantic player there. I remember the secretary at my high school had a photo of like Conway Twitty underneath the glass on her desk. So <laughs> like, like, we're, we're country. Like we, um, so I, I was very familiar with Reba. Um, I knew about the show. I just never, I've never actually watched it. And so I was a little, uh, um, I, I thought the setup was pretty wild. I didn't really know exactly what it, what the show was about. So <laughs> when I saw that it was, I mean, because, you know, even this is the 21st episode, but they, they do a good job of restating the premise, you know, like the the uh, her husband is cheating on her and has a baby with another woman. And, you know, then her daughter is pregnant and married to her baby daddy, future baby daddy. And I yeah. mean, that's pretty crazy for, a, 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 you know, a sitcom uh, of this type. Right. Yeah. They it, It's like. As you can imagine, the first episode, the pilot episode of Reba, is like insane because they like they like they all of that just happens in like the first ten minutes. They're like right. everybody's pregnant. There's cheating. There's some other kids, and it's just and then like this episode. Every now and then you get an episode like this where they're just like almost nothing happens yeah, except like slight reminders of what's going on. Uh, uh, episode, and I think it's because. So this episode, which is called, um, what's it called? Something up the up a treehouse without a paddle, which doesn't even like have any relevance to like really the plot of the thing, but whatever. Um, anyway, ton of sense. <laughs> yeah, it does, it's, it's like literal, but also yeah. like a whatever. So, it's okay. it's like if you explained like a pun to a child, and then this was their first shot at making a pun. Right. <laughs> you just have to kind of, like, nod at them and go, yeah, that's great. It was close. Right. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so this episode, with its weird, stupid name, aired directly before the season finale of the first season of Reba. They both aired May 10th, 2002. So I think that's my, like, hypothesis as to why it was um, kind of a, like, dud episode you know because they were like saving all the good stuff for the season finale like, <laughs> just basically, had to get to 22 exactly just like killing time until they could get to like you know cheyenne having her baby which right. is obviously what's going to happen the in one. the season finale but like what's weird is 
it's the penultimate episode, but it it aired the same night yeah. as the yeah. last episode, the finale, which is kind of weird. But then even weirder little statistical thing, according to Wikipedia, is that 4.5 million people watched this one and 5 million people watched the finale. Yeah, because so five hundred thousand people don't want to. They were like, "This is bullshit. I want to watch the good episode." Well, you, I mean, they didn't know it was going to be so bad. I mean, like usually the penultimate episodes, like a, it can be like a pretty important like <laughs> plot thing can happen. They knew better. But, they, I mean, yeah, I mean, Cheyenne could have gone into labor at the end of this, right? <laughs> yeah, that's three true. minutes or whatever. cliffhanger, like one of the classics. The they came, they came in and they saw like Reba like doing a, a soccer, like, play-by-play, and they're like, nah, nothing's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a slow burn. Okay. <laughs> um, kind of dressed like a referee also, weirdly. Right, a yeah. A little bit in the kind of color block, uh, black and white shirt. Yeah. She had some She had some wardrobes in this one. She had her, her construction overalls. Yeah, that's her true. post-soccer watching uh referee costume uh yeah she was she was kind of on one i mean she was just she was just in every scene of this episode basically yeah. providing doing a lot of heavy lifting in that kind of oh, amounted sure. to nothing you know yeah. it just like it's sort of like a reminder of like hey reba's still trying to hold this family together is basically <laughs> and the show together and the show, yeah. It was really like almost like she's a like it's like a novel and she's doing like all the all the work except for the dialogue like she's like moving the plot along and mm, like yeah. kind of like papering over every single uh, like all right now this is happening and now I'm going to like right. almost she's she's doing the stage directions and the right. and everything else which yeah, I she's think like Brock kind you, of go like you go here you go here you can't be trusted right. to do anything on your own um, right. So, Zach, before we dive into, like, a synopsis of this, you mentioned, you know, knowing Reba's music, which I will, for your reference, like, plenty of people who come on this show actually, like, don't know any Reba songs, which is kind of, like, startling to me. Um, but it's it's just, like, there is a whole zeitgeist of people who, like, only know Reba, the stage and screen star. Um, so did you have any sort of familiarity with any of Reba's, like, acting catalog, or was this, like, your first? Honestly, boy? no. I'm, like, the exact opposite of that. I mean, like, I can't say that I have, like, just a ton of just, like, Reba songs off the top of my head, but I'm just, like, she was just, like, sort of baked into my sure. life. And so, I mean, like, you could hear her voice and go, okay, that's Reba, and I might not know what the song title is, but... Right. Um, and I knew she acted, but I didn't really think about her as... I mean, obviously, I know she does that, but I just, I mean, in my head sort of i just think of like reba she does i think she had that sitcom and she probably does like some christmas movies and stuff like yeah that. she does exactly. do that we've we've recapped one of them mm-hmm. um, oh really <laughs> in case you've ever wanted to watch a christmas movie for the troops because um, that's what this one was <laughs> but yes okay and, and she was in tremors that's tremors the tremors is oh, well, yeah obviously well i mean everybody knows that but i mean <laughs> uh, i didn't uh, but yeah i wasn't really familiar with her uh, uh her career as a as an actor i mean tremors is kind um, of the high point before the sitcom so um but yeah it's you've seen tremors oh yeah okay so there you so you 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 did know you just didn't even know that that like counted as knowing but it does (laughs) um okay so with that in mind um we will dig in to the episode um i can offer a short synopsis um i don't think it takes a long time to yeah yeah exactly because like <laughs> like we said like nothing happens um but yeah up a tree house without a paddle 
like we said, May 10th, 2002. Post the first... Post uh, the first single de Mayo since 9-11. <laughs> um, Maybe that was the energy that they were going through on this. They're like, okay, it's the it's just after the first single de Mayo after, yeah. after 9-11. Everyone's like, still hungover what, five What's days the later. mood in the country right now? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I don't know. Were we at Anthrax yet or no? I feel like I really need to know when Anthrax happened. I feel like we were post-Anthrax myself. I guess so. Um, Zach, do you remember your first Cinco de Mayo since 9-11? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who can forget? <laughs> I'm trying to think. When, now I want to, want to know when Anthrax was happening, too, because there was I was working at The Observer at the time, and I do know that we had uh, a, just a ridiculous uh, Anthrax scare at our office. Oh, my Whoa. God. It was, the, it was the dumbest thing ever, and I can... <laughs> I can walk you through it without really naming names if you want. But, yeah, um, uh, that's... Was it I think our listeners are intrigued. The <laughs> is this the office off Oakland back then? Uh, no, no, it was before that. Okay. So, uh, when I was working there, it was in that pie-shaped building where, like, National Anthem is in, in, in uh, near Deep Ellum. Uh, oh, okay. It used to be the... It used to be a radio station. It used to be, like, a mobile uh, gas station. Uh, we were in that building. Uh, kind of a famous one... Um, Anyway, that's where in Al Qaeda so, was, had targeted it. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the only thing is because you know it's like it's like Washington Post, Newsweek, and then it's like the third pillar is going to be Dallas. And Dallas. <laughs> Nobody would expect it. Nobody would expect it. So, uh, I mean, if the if the uh, art he's Dallas, his oh, story. <laughs> no, keep going. So, I was saying um, the art list, the listings. I mean, if if they were to take out the listings for Dallas, then yeah, no, the nation falls. Nobody's going to know who is who is playing at like uh, uh, Sambuca. <laughs> they know which, they know which uh, like jazz band was playing there. Um, so the uh, one of my colleagues, uh, we were we're on the second floor. One of our colleagues went downstairs, picked up the mail. He was looking through the mail, and there was some dust or something on that. And all of a sudden, he was just like he was like he swore that there was like a, a white powder on one of these envelopes or something <laughs> like that. So he, he, was, he screamed for everybody to get away from him. He asked for, somebody brought him like a, a, like a Walgreens or 7-Eleven bag that they tied around his hand <laughs> that was holding the letter. Everybody kind of comes into the office and they're just like, what in the world is going on? And she's, it's all very like tense and sweaty. And, and somebody uh, goes and uh, retrieves the FBI who had an office like a couple of uh, blocks away. FBI comes and they take the, they take the, they take the letter out of the bag. They go and they just like kind of like unceremoniously open it up outside. It's like, nope, problem solved. <laughs> Fine. But anyway... Because um, because we had this scare, they started opening the mail every single day in what they termed a clean room, which was the office next to my office, which the wall didn't even go all the way up to the ceiling. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they're opening the, 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 the anthrax letters in mail, like right next to like in, like where I would be breathing it in. <laughs> They were trying to kill you, is what you're saying? The only thing that happened is that 
I, I, as I was the music editor at the Observer, and the only thing that happened is I was getting a lot fewer CDs during the next like six months. And all of a sudden, <laughs> we're like not quite making it out of the mail. Uh, wow. <laughs> Some band that would have broke big if you had just <laughs> yeah, written they, them up. Sorry, guys. <laughs> if you put out something in like, uh, I assume around this time in the around this Reba episode, then uh, you missed your shot. <laughs> so did did the FBI like? say what the i mean i guess that's not the policy of just being like oh this is actually uh the fbi was so put out that they even had to come over there they, knew. <laughs> they they had to come over there because somebody got them but they were just like when they showed up they were just like are you kidding me <laughs> they were like we would down. prefer that the dallas observer not exist actually <laughs> so like we're not gonna do anything they were probably wishing that the yeah just Dude, we fucking wish <laughs> yeah that they were targeting you this is like two guys in suits just like, I can't believe, like, I joined the FBI to actually do something in <laughs> Dallas, Texas, having to do this shit. Like, I cannot believe this is ridiculous. I thought he's like, I thought Dallas was a conspiracy town. We would have been doing something. I'm like walking over to the Alt Weekly to, to check on their mail over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that's already, like, the best 9-11 yeah, adjacent we, story I think we've We've gotten a lot of 9-11 adjacent stories, and that's that's definitely one of the most eventful we've gotten. As Re- as Reba Hill's a lonely nation after 9-11. It's mm-hmm. Literally, yeah, yeah that's, that's sort of the premise that yeah. the pod is built around, you know? So. Right, is sort of how... how... The treehouse was... This- Stood in for the two towers. <laughs> yeah, there was a second treehouse. Wow, that actually adds. <laughs> it just throws a layer in there. <laughs> I, you know, we were talking about how this episode didn't have a lot going on, but I think Zach just kind of like unpacked yeah, the whole for thing you. for us. <laughs> Um, but... Alright, so into the much less eventful things that happened in this episode. Right. Well, except they're allegorical, but yes. True. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, no, so basically the episode starts, um, as Zach alluded to, they are recapping Jake's soccer game, which Brock has missed because he's in the throes of being a new parent, you know, and he's actually, like, helping this time, which is kind of like the the big change for him, even though he already has three children. Um, and so he's like, he walks in, he's all like, weirdly, his shirt is very dramatically like half tucked in and half not, (laughs) you know, because like, you know, he's just in such a tizzy about like taking care of this newborn baby. Um, and Reba's like, you missed the soccer game, you know, but we have the highlights here, which who does that but whatever you know it's very sweet that they're sort of they they were at the game and then they come home and they immediately watch the videotape of it seems a little no one ever does right yeah anything that's ever been videotaped is watched about one percent of the time exactly yeah no it's stuck in a drawer certainly not immediately after no why would they because they made clear that they were all there because like they talk about cheyenne being in the video and she's like i'm huge you know um anyway so basically reba's like you need to step up because jake feels neglected because you're spending so much time with your newborn baby um i mean i think she doesn't even reprimand him that much He's the one that feels guilty. I guess that's And true. he wants to do a giant gesture. That's true. And she's, she's like, stop like, making promises you right. can't keep. She's kind of like, right. you know, just come to the next one or, like... She thinks she's pretty, like, understanding. Like, yeah. And... But he is, you know, r- just riddled with guilt. 
and immediately in the moment promises to build Jake a treehouse. Right, and Reba's like, why would you do that? <laughs> like, you're obviously not going to build him a treehouse while you're taking care of a baby that was born three weeks ago. Um, and like you can't even tuck in your shirt. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, he's like, his version of Rumpled is like, he just like, was sleeping on the street after a bender. It's not like, (laughs) you know, like then Barbara Jean comes over and she's like wearing sweats and kind of like actually looks like new mom ish. You know, she's like wearing like very comfortable clothes, which is sort of more, I don't know. It seems more realistic. Um, but anyway, so Brock brings over this giant treehouse kit and he leaves it in Reba's kitchen, which is, like, of course, not really, like, okay, you you could have left it outside, presumably. But no, he carries it in the kitchen, and he leaves it in the kitchen, and Reba's like, okay, thank you. Um, and basically, unsurprisingly, Brock does not build the treehouse. It sits in Reba's kitchen for a long time. Jake, Jake is pretending that the box is, is the, the treehouse, and it's just, like, <laughs> hanging out in there, which is sad and pathetic. I mean, that's kind of Jake's whole vibe. It's sad and pathetic. I mean, yeah, like, as a quick sidebar, like, this, not, you know, not to be too harsh, but this, this episode, which is in contention for the worst episode of the season, (laughs) is like, this is what happens when you give Give Jake Jake an episode. episode. Yeah, For, for reference, Zach, like, Zach, Jake is barely in most episodes, and arguably, he's barely in the family, honestly, and this is them trying to, like, do a Jake episode, and it just fell flat. Yeah, so do they normally give the the middle kid a lot more to do? No. More more than Jake. Okay. But She has, like, two lines in this episode. Yeah, essentially, both of them are raising themselves, and (laughs) the real drama is with Cheyenne, who is pregnant, of course, and Brock, who is, a, you know, emotionally a child. <laughs> so like those two in like, but like the middle child is depicted as self-sufficient based on her snark. You know, she's like, oh, she's such a wise ass. She can classic handle it herself. Right, exactly. Whereas Jake is literally so like young that yeah. he's, you know, he's just <clears throat> basically barely acknowledged. And then the weird thing too. You know, and we can get into it later, I guess, but for giving him his own episode, they barely even gave him any jokes. Yeah, no, they didn't. It's like Almost he, no jokes. Yeah, like, you would think that it would be, like, write more things for, like, a f- kid to do that's funny. Right. Instead of just being, like, the emotional guilt that Brock, exactly. you know, a sign yeah, of yeah. how Brock is a bad person. Like, the reminder of <laughs> right. his old family that he abandoned. Um, Yeah. No, he got way more jokes in the Barbara Jean birthing episode, which was a kind of high watermark, Zach. You might want to go back and watch that one if if you're curious. Um, But, yeah, so anyway, Brock doesn't build the treehouse, and Reba's like, fine, I'll build it myself. And so she and Van um, take on the task of building the treehouse, and there's all the kind of requisite jokes about, like, wow, Reba's being a dad. And it's like, okay, <laughs> all right, we're, we don't need to so intensely gender building a treehouse, but whatever. Um, make it cartoonish as possible. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but her and Van build it together, and they do a kind of crappy job. I, I don't know, it's like the treehouse is all, like, crooked and clearly done, like, incorrectly in many ways. And I'm like, 
why would you get in it? Like, I don't know well, how yeah. they know that it's stable. Well, that's the thing is like, there's this weird like implication that a treehouse can be incorrectly built and look like shit and somehow be like safe. Inside. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, you yeah, can't, I can't your child I, in that treehouse. And also, you for can't the other shoe to drop on right. that. That like you see that thing, and you're like, this is clearly so rickety that like it's gonna fall i can't believe that brock is getting into this thing exactly this cannot support a grown man's weight and like if anything through the whole episode it's not happening i'm just like okay wait why even do this right Right. yeah like how are we not going to hear a crashing sound and that's like part of the plot or a joke it basically punched up the Reva joke for us. Right. Like, they didn't have the treehouse collapse. Yeah. And, like, that was such a missed opportunity. I mean, and, yeah. like you said, like, Brock got in it. And, like, Brock wasn't even there when it was being built. So how did he have any confidence <laughs> that this wouldn't, oh, sure. you know, just crush his child the second he got in? Maybe that's what he and wanted. And the amount of wood that came out of that one box. Yeah, that's <laughs> yes. true. No, truly it is, like... A box that would have that you would build like a small IKEA shelf with, and it somehow <laughs> yeah. like made a whole treehouse. Yeah. No. Also, just a technicality. Like it's called a treehouse. It's not in a tree. You know. No. Whatever. <laughs> just maybe. Maybe that's just a me thing. But I was like, I wouldn't call this a treehouse. It's like a fort. Clubhouse. Yeah. Clubhouse. Yeah. Clubhouse. Yeah. Exactly. Um. But yeah. So she builds it. Brock promises that he can spend the night in the tree because well this time reba promises. oh yeah reba so, does. like brock sees the treehouse sees sees jake enjoying it and and jake says like will you spend the night in it with me and reba says sure he will and right. and then all of a sudden he's like committed which is kind of like as if i mean i get that the theme is like stop over promising to jake which is fair but like he is a you know he's a child when he asks something you don't you can, have to say yes. you can be yeah. like well maybe we'll do that next week like right. you can't just <laughs> like, nope. yeah sorry my child and and, and brock even says he's like weren't you the one just telling me like not to promise things yeah. and she's like oh but look at his face yeah know, or whatever <laughs> clearly being like kind of petty about it like yeah you yeah. fucking spend the night in this shitty tree house i just built <laughs> um and then he does, he does and then chaos ensues obviously barbara jean brings the screaming new baby over to the house because they all just come over to reva's house perpetually because that's the set of um and <laughs> so reba's like helping take care of the baby brock like realizes that barbara jean's there and reba's like yeah you should take her and the baby home and then jake is sad but van is like has been wanting to, like, sleep in the treehouse the whole episode. That's, like, the running joke, is, like, Van built it, and he is mad that he doesn't get to play in it. Right, because, yeah, whatever. Um, And so, all's well that ends well, Van and Jake are in the treehouse. Yeah. Well, basically, and, but, like, the whole thing, too, is that, like, Reba takes care of... The baby. The, like, Barbara Jean and Brock's baby, and there's, like, a clear point of, like, she is still doing everything for right. Brock. Like, it's, that's, the dynamic hasn't changed, like everything still falls on her shoulder, including taking care of the baby of whom her husband's that came mistress. out of yeah. the infidelity yeah. of her marriage. And so, yeah, like, everyone's happy because she does everything, basically. Yeah, and yeah. the B-plot is just Cheyenne having angst about being extremely pregnant and wanting the pregnancy to be over. Just trying That's to induce labor by trying to convince 
van to have sex with her. And yeah. he's like, <laughs> gross, no. Right. He's like, I'm busy building a treehouse. Right. Anyway, um, but yeah, that's the, that's kind of the long and short of it. Zach, we've already kind of talked shit about this episode, but before we talked shit, what were your initial impressions? I just thought they, uh, I don't know. I thought they, uh, I, I just kept waiting. Like I said, I, I waited for uh, something to involve the treehouse a little bit more. <laughs> they made such a big deal about it. But it's, like, it's really right. inconsequential to this. It's a MacGuffin, you could argue. It's almost nothing. Like as it, it's, I mean, it gives the, the, the episode a title and they, they're in it, but I mean, there's no, it feels like a missed opportunity with, uh, with the, uh, there's like one building a treehouse sequence that's a joke kind of, and then that's it. <laughs> Um, and everything else is just kind of, it honestly feels like they got to the end of the season. They had about six or seven things up on the whiteboard and they're like, let's just put all this in this episode right uh, before, you know, the next one happens. Yeah. Cause it's, there's just a, it's, it's nothing, but also a lot happens and it just kind of is uh, a lot of it's kind of just glossed over and moved through as quickly as possible. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and it's like. It, it's like so. Is that is that treehouse just there? Like, is it ever going to be referenced again? Right. You know, like, it's in right. their well, they're going to have to tear it down because it's not structurally sound. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's just no way. I um, mean, I would say probably. I mean, we've said this a lot, but like, this was another episode where prime example of like how much the show needs Van. Like, yeah. it, really, the only one that made jokes that were funny that was like it you know you remove van from this episode and it's probably unwatchable yeah yeah no because reba's busy running around taking care of everyone um and not making as many jokes and yeah i don't know it was just so it was like about everyone's angst basically and like none of the angst was really like resolved it was just kind of like <laughs> we're like moving through this like whole treehouse gesture thing and it, for to what end you know i guess there was like a point at the end <clears throat> excuse me where cheyenne is like trying to sue the barber jeans baby and then we get some like pathos of like oh my god i'm gonna be a terrible mother you know but like then reba's like you're fine you know that's I mean, sort of well you well, yeah, it kind of felt like that was like the more important part of this episode. Right. It's really just like shoehorn there at the very end. They're just like, oh, also, I'm terrified about having a baby. Right. right. Like, yeah. take care of it. And, and it's like 30 seconds. And they don't like, I mean, like, I guess it's realistic, but they don't really like, Reba's just like, well, you'll be fine. Like, deal with it. Yeah, like, exactly. She's like, it, your maternal instincts will kick in. Like, okay, <laughs> sure. It, if anything, I, I, I mean, do it. No. Yeah. <laughs> the episode was just kind of about like how like how shafted Jake is exactly. in this entire dynamic yeah. of his life because it's like it really didn't end like well for him at all. No, it, like, he's like hanging out he's with his weird like well, brother-in-law. Yeah, I mean, like he, <laughs> like Brock ended up breaking all of the promises, and he sort of just apologized and is trying to explain to a child far too young to understand anything that like this is just how it is dude like i fucked up and you're gonna be the one that pays for it (laughs) well he's kind of like he's talking to him like it's like a girlfriend or whatever (laughs) right like so that okay and then like he just tells him how it is and jake's just kind of like whatever and then reba comes out and is like oh hey uh 
and like BJ and Henry are ready to go. And he's like, all right, peace. Yeah. <laughs> like, just like, like there's no closure to it. It's just kind of like, all right, I'm out. I'm out. And it, it's not hard to like see, anticipate how messed up Jake's going to be because it's just like, it's like. No, you get to it, see the drug problem like four right, Yeah, exactly. Like he, he's going to be up, he's going to be hiding in that treehouse at age 17. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But it's like, it's obviously, it's very sweet that it's like, okay, well, Consolation, you've got this goofy uh, half-brother. No, brother-in-law. Brother-in-law, brother-in-law. yeah, brother-in-law. brother-in-law who is who wants to hang out with you, which is like, isn't that cool that, the, like, this 18-year-old, 17-year-old mm-hmm. wants to hang out with you in the treehouse? But, like, it's also just, like, the dynamic is so fucked. It's like, <laughs> all right, well, I know your dad can't hang out with you anymore because he's busy with the child that he fathered with the person he cheated on me with. (laughs) But luckily the guy who got your sister pregnant does want to hang out. While she was in high school, does want to hang out in the treehouse because he's intellectually the same age as you. Yeah. Well, it's just, I mean, it's, it's wild that they set up that, that big scene with, with Jake and his dad. And then it's just like, Brock is just kind of like going, well, you know what? It is what it is. Yep. I'm kind of a shitty dad. Uh, you're here. When I'm here, I'll be here, I guess. But if not, maybe whatever. Right. And, right. And, then he, and then he takes off. It's just so, it's it's so crazy. Yeah. It's, there. there is like, this is a pretty strong example, but the show does do this sometimes where like, it would be pretty generous to like, call it realistic, but like it's, so, or intentionally realistic, I guess, because it is sort of just like, a lot of times, something will, like a, a plot line will end with just like, yeah, that's just how it is. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, it's more like they just back I, themselves into a corner and they're like, uh, we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> There's we no gotta go. <laughs> yeah. They're like, well, I guess, you know, the resolution is that, like, it's not that big of a deal and you can deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's life. And then, like, but this the also, music it, plays. It did make sense to me that, like, Brock already, like, fucked up a couple of times. And so why not just and then he all of a sudden has like well okay n- now now you can't cover for me anymore and it's just like what would it hurt for her to cover him for him for like half of a night so he can spend the rest of the night with jake right. and then right i mean that part made the least that's sense true it's just like just like oh you have to do this now right it doesn't like yeah you're gonna you already you already screwed jake over so many times <laughs> you can't just like have one time for him and no one else is going to even like Reba already wants to take care of the kid. That's right. fine. BJ's asleep. You already fucked All up right. with Reba. Like, Let's keep moving on. Yeah. 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 No, I feel like I said that while you were watching and it was just like, this is also arbitrary. <laughs> like when, it, when Brock is choosing to sort of, you know, be thoughtful and not, you know, it, it seems pretty like <laughs> pretty guilt driven. So sure. it's like wh- whoever, who whoever's guilty, it's like, can he get off the hook with someone? Like, no, I can't deal with Reba. It's more humiliating that the person who I most clearly wronged in life is, is taking care is of taking my care newborn of my baby. Like, that's almost if I if someone heard that, <laughs> they would never talk to me again. Right. Whereas, you know, everybody sat down their kid before. Like, it's be also fine. like, of course, Reba has like the magic touch. She's just like, oh yeah, it's fine. This baby will go to sleep. It's like, right. okay, that's not real. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> 
like in barbara jeans like i don't know what to do you know right. she's well, just acting like it's she's like there's also like another weird implication like don't get me wrong i understand that babies are very fickle but like the implication is I understand she, that babies are fickle well, <laughs> that's like the number one thing you've heard about babies yes yeah. how fickle they are <laughs> i don't think that you can just like logic them into a you know a behavior but like barbara jeans shows up and she's like and she's like Ever since Brock left, she's been crying. And it's like, well, Brock already said that, like, he goes to work every day. So, right. why, like, why is the baby freaking out now? Right. Like, it clearly, you've had, like, a lot of experience without Brock and with the baby. And yet, like, he goes to Reba's house for, like, 90 minutes. And the right. baby's, like, is that, is dad with fucking Jake? If dad's with Jake, I'm going to freak out. Like, <laughs> Also, like, yeah, why would he know? <laughs> a weird, like, thing that he says that's just kind of like, okay, this also doesn't make any sense, is he's like, yeah, work is so stressful now because Barbara Jean's on maternity leave because she was, like, the receptionist at his dentistry dentistry oh, practice. And so he's like, yeah, it's so crazy because I have to, like, do everything because she's on maternity leave. And it's like, okay, well, also, you can just hire another receptionist. Yeah. <laughs> like, my sort of hunch is she's going to be a stay-at-home mom, so I don't think she's coming right. back to the office anytime soon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I feel like any doctor's or dentist's office that I've gone to, if the receptionist has a baby, I don't just show up and the doctor's, like, doing everything. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> also, can you imagine showing up for a dentist appointment and then the dentist comes in and he's got, like, half his shirt on yeah. He's just, like, wild-eyed. I'd be like, all right. You know he's, what? like, sleeping at the, like, the, like, the computer and he's just, like, he wakes up. He's like, treehouse, treehouse. Yeah. <laughs> but, so, I mean, this this would be fair if, if the answer is not really because... Again, like probably one of the less funny episodes we've done. But were, do you remember like any moment where you sort of like laughed despite yourself? You're kind of like, oh, that one, that one got me. Um. No, I mean, like I think a lot of the like the like the, the early jokes. I was kind of. I mean, I was laugh. I was laughing because even though I like the whole thing didn't make sense, but uh, right. yeah. I mean. Um. um Jake and Reba building the treehouse. Yeah, was that was probably I'm sorry, that would have been way funnier. So cartoonish. <laughs> I mean, she she was practically to the level of like you know grabbing her crotch. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. She's such a such a guy, and it's and Scott. She's got the 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 big league chew and and, right. and all that. <laughs> I, I know that was big, like. Uh, yeah. That was goofy. I was like, I didn't know construction workers were, like, known for chewing tobacco. It's, like, random. <laughs> it was the, the most, like, stereotypically guy thing, but just, like, not that kind of guy. Like, not that kind of, like, right. construction worker. Right. Or, like, <laughs> It was, it was like, yeah, it was very strange. Like every time dad goes out to build the treehouse, he's like, let me get my chew, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Zach, you're a dad. Did you ever chew tobacco and build a treehouse? Have you oh, ever I'm built a treehouse or attempted to? Uh, not a treehouse. I've done some other stuff uh, to a little bit better effect than, than this. <laughs> oh, you know what? What did what what was like just an obvious like you knew this was happening joke, but I still kind of laughed. It was when she screwed the board into the um, into the into saw the sawhorse. <laughs> like that was just like. You see that coming, like, over the hill. That's yeah. It's like, yeah, it's funny. I don't know. I guess. Yeah, like, she was overselling, like, how proud she was. Right. 
<laughs> I mean, I I think I laughed at the like, like the show has a tendency to like be such a traditional family sitcom with like silly jokes, and then when yeah. you kind of like you said like you're then sort of hit with the like. No, we also, like, talk about, like, teenage pregnancy and, like, sex a lot. It makes it a little bit more, like, effective and jarring. I did generally kind of laugh at, like, Cheyenne just being like, Van, you need to have sex with me right now. Right. And Van just being like, I'm not doing that. Like, uh, <laughs> He's like, I'm busy building a treehouse. <laughs> yeah. And it's also, like, Van was kind of, like, there in the early episodes of this season, like, Cheyenne and Van were extremely openly horny in a way that was, like, pretty uncomfortable, you know? So it was, like, a funny twist on on that. Like, there's yeah. a lot, like, in the probably first quarter of the episodes, like, they're constantly like, we're gonna go have sex now, even though, like, Reba, like, they're telling Reba that, basically. Yeah, they're, like, saying that in front like, of, like, wow. Jake, basically, of just being, like, just making, like, horny jokes, like, to the whole family. Right, and they're all like... <laughs> Oh, with Cheyenne and Van, this is just what they do. <laughs> it's just like, okay, it's pretty weird, but sure. Um, yeah, I feel like the joke, it was like extremely obvious, but I felt like they sort of delivered it well when when Reba's like, you have a three-week-old baby, and they're like, it's only been three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> it was good that they called that back. I, I, did, I did enjoy yeah. that. Yeah. Both of them struggling. that up with both of them doing that. That was funny. And, um, uh, like, in terms of callbacks, like the, the running joke was Van wanting to sleep in the mm-hmm. treehouse. And, like, I feel like he did deliver the line well, where he's just like, fine, I will sleep in a bed with my wife. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Should we get into uh, categories and yeah. words? Let me, um, let me find our list. We can, we'll start off with uh, with the J.R. Smith Award, the the very original <laughs> award that we came up with, didn't steal from a podcast, uh, named after an award that of a player that's just like J.R. Smith. Uh, so this award is for the character who makes a big blunder or mistake, just kind of causes conflict or anything like that in the episodes, but ends up still being lovable. Probably one of the harder episodes to pick one for. I They're sort of, all, like, not lovable. <laughs> yeah, and, like, and again, like, nothing really happens. So it's kind of hard, but I have one in the back of my head. So, like, I can, if anybody else has one, I'll go, or I can just start. I mean, it's tough to say because Brock just is blundering his way through mm-hmm. the entire thing. I guess, like, I would, if you wouldn't say that, I would say Reba kind of uh, caused the kind of final blunder by uh promising true uh the sleepover and she kind of fixed it up but yeah that that would be i guess my take on that is that she was uh but i mean brock is just like stepping in stepping in buckets like every every (laughs) episode so i think i think that like i could make the argument for brock yeah i think that's like my, he's trying. He is trying. He's, he's trying. making mistakes, it's and you, you can yeah. tell that he is legitimately overwhelmed in a way that is, like, realistic. I would say that, like, the absolute most, like, generous reading of this episode and this show in general is that, like, what it, what it like, kind of depicts is the idea that, like, really big problems, like, big family or life problems, like, the way they, like, manifest in our lives or through like the small things like that's what's really like hard is when they 
actually like surface Mm -hmm. and so like realistically in the hole that he has dug himself dating all the way back to cheating on Reba the situation he's in now it's like when he is talking to to Jake and he doesn't really resolve that Mm -hmm. to be fair there is no resolving that like he he like he is trying to explain to an eight year old like I have a different family and I am making a different mistake if I don't take care of my infant son. And ultimately, there's no getting around that that's going to cost you time with your dad. Mm -hmm. And so, like, there is... He feels slightly redeemable by the fact that, like, he is reckoning with that and Mm -hmm. he's not enjoying it. You know, he's not, like, unaware of it. It, Sure. uh, He's unaware of how his mistakes have, like, affected his life, I guess. Yeah. That's but and he's, he's very also he's idiot. very rarely aware of that. True. So, yeah. So this this episode is like one of the rare moments that he sort of has a little bit of self awareness, or at least that kind of comes through. Um, okay. Most they just in- didn't really give they didn't really give Jake enough to uh, play in that scene in terms yeah. of just like you know he said I'm not mad at the kid I'm mad at you. I felt like they needed like one more thing for him to like. This this was set up for like him to have like his little moment. It felt like there should have been like, you know, yeah, I just miss you, and I wish that you know, there's something something else they could have done with him. I think for sure, yeah, they didn't even like let him, the kid who's like suffered enough. They didn't even like let him have his moment. Basically. Yeah, they, they did not. For all our listeners, you might hear the thunderstorm warning sirens in the background. <laughs> yeah, so we'll rattle through we these categories to, to rush through these. Um, incongruous moment i mean there were so many you mentioned oh reba and her like referee gear <laughs> it was just such a weird way to start the whole thing it's like maybe she it's is me. the ref that's a, that would be a wild twist but they didn't like if if she is they didn't allude to that any further um, like they have to have like it's it's just like i get like he missed the game <laughs> but they have to like start it with her narrating right <laughs> it's like the contrast between like not showing up to the game and like somehow creating like a dvd extra of, <laughs> of like what happened in this game i feel like they could have just been like they could have just been having lunch at the table or something like that and brock comes in in his crazy shirt and <laughs> I mean, to be and fair, that's not like every other episode starts, <laughs> so they probably so were trying. So they like, yeah, let's switch it around. Yeah. <laughs> like a, a try-hard writer is just kind of like, hey, I, okay, so we're, they're facing the camera, and like, <laughs> get the implication they're watching Jake score this amazing goal. <laughs> yeah, try-hard writer? We wouldn't know anything about that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. I mean, the, and like we touched on the like how how could they possibly get inside that treehouse you know right. i think on top of that is sort of like them fumbling through like building it and the classic i mean this is the case in like every movie and tv show but it's like she can't even like you know get two boards together right so like how did they even get it to what it was <laughs> you know you just like quick cut to something having been built is right. and it just did not have enough space for an adult person to be in but whatever <laughs> it's fine right there's a reason we don't actually like see that was van the... in it we yeah. just see yeah. we hear him talking it just kind of seemed like that was going to be a like the making of it and that that whole deal was going to be that what the plot was about and it got over in like 20 seconds like yeah. we're going to allude to it being made and then we're going to show you the most cartoonish 
shitty treehouse we can possibly do <laughs> that's like like three truckloads of wood somehow screwed together. <laughs> like obviously if it's like crooked and looks like shit, there's no reason to think it doesn't have like exposed nails and Right. Yeah. Oh sure. Yeah. It's not something a good dad like Zachary built. Only a fake <laughs> woman dad like Reba could build something so <laughs> shitty. Um, which segues us into Reba as feminist icon. Oof. I mean, it's basically the her building scene. That's true. You know, sort of like yeah. playing with gender, you know, in a in a fun way. Yeah. Reba could... doesn't need him to do it, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Although, of course, they didn't couldn't have her build it, like, competently, <laughs> you know? Basically she like had a... to build yeah. it in a fucked up way. Definitely like a country song. It's like anything a man can do, I can do almost as well. Right. Sort of thing. I could see, like... You know, I, I thought they like they could have had her having some trouble, but ultimately, like getting closer to an actual, you know, normal looking treehouse or yeah. clubhouse or whatever. I not mean, it just, was a like... kit. Like it came with instructions. <laughs> yeah. Although Van tries to read the instructions and they're in Spanish, so yeah. I guess that's the. And it's weird that like, like clearly, like yeah, he starts reading it in Spanish, plays for a laugh. She's like, "That's Spanish." And then he, he says, yeah, this is going to take forever. <laughs> and then she just says, like, we don't need these instructions. And it's like, okay, I'm pretty sure that, like, the other side will be in Spanish. Like, I don't know why you gave up after seeing one, you know, step also, one in Spanish. I thought that joke was going in the direction of, like, Van wants to just build this treehouse forever because he doesn't want to have to go have sex with Cheyenne. Right. No, that's, <laughs> it did seem that they just way. ignored that and they're like, oh, no, he's just kind of dumb or whatever. Yeah. You know? Yeah, definitely. It kind of they do like hint at things that could just be callbacks, and then they're like, "No, that was it. That was yeah." There was a lot of zagging where I thought there was gonna be zigging. (laughs) I thought this like this didn't outsmart me. It kind of like the opposite of that. Thinking you outsmarted yourself. Oh, this is gonna be this, and it's like, oh, that didn't actually happen. Sorry. Yeah. No, that's that's a good way to put it. Um, Okay, so. A song for this episode, I picked One Promise Too Late um, by Reba because of the title, mostly, obviously, because the whole Reba Brock thing is centered around, like, over-promising to their kids and under-delivering. But the song itself actually has a much more torrid plot. (laughs) It's about, like, a woman who, like, is already married and meets somebody else that she, like, is into, but she's like, sorry, I... It's kind of like, I'll see you next lifetime, you know, the Erykah Badu song. It's basically the plot of that, but like a Reba yeah. version. Um, and yeah, but it topped the country charts in spite of its kind of tawdry um, subject or, matter. Or because of it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, this was Reagan era country, so I would say it's still in spite. <laughs> it was... I think, yeah. I think there's like, I mean, country to me has always been a lot of wish fulfillment of just like, That's you know, true. this is the life you want of, of a lot of, uh, I mean, especially like 80s and 70s country. It's a lot of just like, I want this random guy to come swoop me off my feet, sure. you know, or whatever. No, definitely. And also a lot of, I mean, obviously a lot of uh, cheating and things. Right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Definitely a lot of cheating. But this one's just fantasizing about cheating, not not actually cheating. That's all right. That's okay. Um, Yeah, Brock could have listened to it. Yeah, exactly. Brock (laughs) Brock could have used this one. Um, 
but final category i mean punch up a joke i feel like we already did it i feel like making the treehouse collapse is the obvious yeah i think i mean on a like specific like of all things that deserved a callback that i think we were robbed was like jake coming in and saying that he's gonna drink an entire gallon of juice because his dad said he could pee outside. <laughs> right. And it's like, that's, that like, really talk about fucking... I know, that's, like, toxic, like, fucked up, I, horrible stuff. I mean, but it... And it's just, like, you're not gonna... Sh- you're not gonna give us the hijinks? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I kind of, like... I mean, the last scene is just Van, like, happily in... All you see is his feet, and he's just in the treehouse, and he's like, so I screw- I, I nailed that one together, and I screwed mm. that one together, and then, like, it would be funny if you, like, heard, like, a peeing sound. Yeah. And then he's like, what's going on? And he's like, you know, you know, the implication that he's getting peed on by- Right. And then Jake is like, you told me to aim away from the house, because that's, like, what Reba says. Yeah. and Reba's like, I didn't say aim for Van, and then Van's, like, sobbing wet. That would have been a like I feel like that would have been like the the button on the on this. Um, I actually did have one like very specific like like punch up an actual joke because um, mm. I I think I maybe misunderstood a little bit. But um, uh, when Van is saying I'm not a faucet, you can't just turn me on and off. Uh, <laughs> I was I was either Reba or Cheyenne. I couldn't decide who would play it better. It would be like maybe you should have made that argument nine months ago. That was my writer's room. Uh, that, that would have been good. I mean, and Reba, like, Reba makes that, that kind of comeback a lot. So they kind of left right, one so on the table. Maybe, maybe they wanted to get away from that. So that I mean, but it, I don't think so. It would have been a good... It would have been good. Yeah, because like, when does Van not want to have sex? Yeah. What was, that, what was the part where he was like, well, that's not a turn-on or whatever? I remember well, she laughing said, like, at She it, said, but... like, I read that, like, you can like immediately oh induce slavery like, start and, having, like, and he's like it's not a turn on yeah. <laughs> I laughed at that one um, that's funny but yeah no that's the that is the kind of punch up we we look for also yeah. we go broad we go specific right we go... no that's what we're I mean there's basically just like, good yeah there's just so many free floating like setups in this one that they never really completely nailed. Like, there was a lot of meat left on the boat, I thought. Yeah, for, for sure. Or well, there's so, a lot of jokes, and they're fine. It's just, like, <laughs> there's, like, one extra thing they could have done that would have, like, really uh, brought it together. Like, it genuinely, like, more than other episodes, felt like it was written, like, very quickly. Yeah. Like, they were, yeah. like, they were, like, all right, we're ready for the finale, and then the network was, like, no, you have two more episodes left. And they're, like, uh, yeah, no, 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 we know, we know. And they, like, ran into a room and wrote this one really quick. Oh, yeah, they were, like, tree houses. Let's yeah. work on that. Um, yeah, so. Well, like, even the, uh, even the, even the joke, the, the short little thing about, um, Cheyenne wearing the di- two different shoes, I thought there was, like, that almost was only there so they could give the middle kid something to say, but right. the, she didn't even, like, she didn't even, like, really make a joke. It was just more just, like, a, like, just random snark. It wasn't, yeah. like, a joke. It was, like, right. I thought they could have. There's something they could have done there with that because it's kind of a funny thing. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, with Kira, it's funny. It's like how like all she does is give little comedic relief snark. And it's funny because like how how good the joke, how good or bad the joke is kind of like it, it gives you a sense of like in that moment how much you think she like hates her life. Because, like, if the joke's really funny, it's, like, she's kind of, like, hey, couldn't resist, I had to do it. And if the joke's not that funny, she's more just being, like, fuck you guys. You know, like, fuck Cheyenne. Like, 
Um, so what I'm gathering from your your thoughtful edits is that you definitely have to be in the Reba writer's room for the Reba boot. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> I'm ready for that. I get like I actually think it would be pretty uh if you if you if you uh if you if for the reba boot like just like now reba's a, a a kind of young ish like great grandmother or maybe great grandmother uh <laughs> you know uh, like jake the... jake is like extremely fucked up so, <laughs> like maybe a third uh, like family, a metal band. possibly <laughs> i mean matt's the one who met reba so you know we got a zach's colleague yeah matt Matt Gidman. Gidman of so, yeah yeah, I mean, I, that would be good. It would be funny if, like, the first episode was Cheyenne and Van's 17-year-old kid, like, telling them that they're, that, that, he, that, that she's, she's pregnant. pregnant. Yeah. And then, like, <laughs> and then Reba being, like, been there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The I feel like, I mean, like, the setup is pretty much, like, right there. It's not, it's not too, it's not too hard to get to, I don't think. So, you know, or, um, Yeah. I'm, I saw, yes, to, to answer your question, I'm, I'm completely down to, to be a part of the writer's room for okay. the, for Reba Boot or however we're calling this. Yeah. No, Reba Boot. No, that's, yeah. that's, or Reba, that's Reba. We're, we're copying yeah, that. for sure. Um, As showrunners, we're, we're calling it that. <laughs> Reba um, McIntyre. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So we'll wrap up because I can literally hear, yeah, I can hear your side. I can hear yeah, your sirens through mine. Yeah. It's a really uh, like apocalyptic yeah, vibe. We should probably, episode of the podcast. we should probably post this so that like if the three of us don't make it, like yeah, there's exactly. like a, there's you know, a record, record. Uh, of what we were doing in our final or moments. Just, like every episode should end with just in a, in a cack of uh, like, cacophony of, of sirens yeah. <laughs> so, that's the siren that's that that's don't worry those are not tornado sirens those are the, the studios set those off when they green light a project <laughs> exactly so zach what else what do you have to plug plug uh plug both of your books real quick they're both excellent um and one of them we keep out as a cool like coffee table uh, impress guests book. So my two, my two books for deep Bellum uh, and love reunion is I did a, a book about uh, Dirk Nowitzki, which I uh, originally kind of subtitled uh, a memoir about, uh, about Dirk Nowitzki. And it's about me and my kid and Dirk and being a Mavericks fan. And it's written all uh, just in, it's written as like a long uh, open letter. So it's like written in the second person, which is a choice. Um, <laughs> And then I did a book of photos about walking around in downtown Dallas, uh, uh, taken over probably a period of uh, five years, maybe. Uh, it's all photos, with a very tiny amount of text. And uh, also, if you're uh, into uh, metal and Texas metal, I wrote a book, okay. uh, biography of Dimebag Daryl uh, about in 2009. That is uh, like the first book I did. And uh, I would make some different choices, but I still am proud of it. So. <laughs> You're so prolific, we can't even keep track. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and anything coming up that anything. the listeners should should just subscribe to D Magazine. <laughs> subscribe to D Magazine. Subscribe to D Magazine. Uh, we also do a podcast called Earburner. It's uh, we usually have a guest, and it's me and uh, editor uh, of the magazine, Tim Rogers. And we uh, record it at the Old Monk in uh, East Dallas, uh, basically about once a week. 
uh, more or less. And so uh, rate and review, subscribe. It's called Earburner. Uh, mostly uh, stuff happen around Dallas. And then sometimes just us uh, bullshit with each other. And so sometimes recaps fun. of Reba. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're not allowed to I'm steal gonna, that. You know, like uh, we, we no, do gonna, know gonna, we hear it when you do it. So we're going to start doing the Bill Ingvall show. <laughs> <laughs> Ingvall watchable. This is the early days of uh, uh, Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> Well, thank, well, thank you, you so much, Zach, for, for coming on the pod, for watching a really kind of not great episode of Reba um, on our behalf. Happy. We'll have to have you back for, like, a better one. We'll try and, like, pre-screen it, and then yeah. we'll vet it before you before we ask you next time. Exactly. Okay. Mm, I'd Awesome. Don't our... get taken off in the tornado. Yeah, I know. If we don't all blow away shortly. Um to all our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in again. Make sure you uh, rate, review, subscribe. I haven't looked in a long time. I don't know if, any, if we have any new ones besides. We had like one guy who was like really sucks and was like our one review. So. One asshole brought it down. So we need you guys to, you know, cancel that out. There are a lot of good reviews too. Yeah. Um, um, like hundreds you know no um but yes thank you thank you so much for listening thank you zach for being on the pod and we will see you all next time bye